Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. debut of the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast. I'm Liz Loza, and I am joined by Dalton Del Don, Andy Barons, Brad Evans, Matt Harmon, who some of you may or may not know. The dashing you. Matt Harmon. Yes. Matt's birthday. It is! It is. Yeah, it is my it birthday. Is Happy birthday! birthday. Yeah. Today why is my you birthday. Open with that? And he, why turned you he turned I'm not 18. Re- I'm, not, I'm not really a big birthday guy. Really? I don't like a lot of, I mean, I like a, attention, but only for certain things. I really thought that the, like, pompadour was proportional to the ego, but maybe I'm wrong. Oh, it is, but again, it's just hyper-focused on certain things, and, like, the birthday is not really one of them. Okay, well, so I'm going to give the attention to Andy then, because he loves attention. If (laughs) anyone's a whore for attention, it is Andy Barron's. It's about Um, time we got to me. (laughs) (laughs) Why, Why are you even talking about the new guy? You're right. You're right. <laughs> I guess I mentioned I it was his birthday. We're doing new things on this show. You have a segment all to your own to feed your moderately sized ego. You want to tell the It's a about pretty it? significant ego, right? Like, this segment requires me to think that I should be the final voice of God, basically, on all of your league disputes. So what I want to do is I, I want people to come to me with their league dilemmas. Like, it's a, it's a trade that people are disputing. It's some sort of uh, rules controversy. It's anything like that. I want to settle your league disputes for you, but I need to be the final judge and jury. Like you're pounding the gavel on. Yes, yes. My so word judge goes. Barons. Yes. Do we have exactly like a robe for some promo pictures that we? I would can love watch? a robe. Can we get him a wig? Oh, a I'm, powdered wig. Old I'm into school? all this. I'm into all. You would this. wear the wig. Absolutely. 100%. English style? I'd, I'd appreciate that. Sure, any style. Whatever can, style. Can you, you talk know. in an English accent? No, that I can't do. Well, for <laughs> a fee, character? for a fee, on the, on the platinum version, on the platinum, on the platinum subscriber, subscriber version of this version. podcast, I will, I will talk you in like that. The but I don't do voices just on the standard issue free podcast. Right. Brad, you like to wear a lot of hats. I mean, you're what, like a meteorologist? Oh, I don't have any hair, Loza. Of course I like to wear a lot of hats. <laughs> You've taught children, impressionable minds, which is staggering. Yes. How did the state of Illinois allow that? That's shocking. Yeah, <laughs> they're still paying me retirement. <laughs> of course. Tequila connoisseur. What a life. Yeah. Um, so you're going to be using one of your previous skills. One well, of my degrees. Yeah. Actually, for once, because it doesn't apply to my current profession, in except in this instance, because I'm going to do a segment called. In this day of fantasy history, kind of like the old NFL films voice, and we're going to break Are we still workshopping that, or is that really the name? (laughs) No, I don't don't know. I'm just kind of making it up on the fly. So we'll talk about some of the more historical events, seminal events that occurred on a particular week back in the Wayback Machine. The Clinton-Portis, remember that was the five-touchdown game? Yeah, they opened around the fantasy playoffs. That comes to mind. Pierre Thomas, Nick Goings. Uh, we may Goings. even go, yeah, Nick Goings. Uh, we could go Carolina's Pat- finest. Patrick Jeffers, if you want to stick with the Carolina theme. Steve Burline. Oh, man. Um, so you, you never know what names could crop up in a particular week in fantasy history and some of those standout performances. Well, Drew that's going to be. Drew Bennett. Bennett. Drew yeah, Bennett. That was my favorite. Billy Volick and Drew Volek, Bennett. Yep. Yeah. I had yeah, both that of them. connection in the fantasy. Cool, yeah. this segment's going to be really easy to edit. Um, <laughs> that's. 
part of the midweek show. Dalton, I just want people to know that you're going to be joining me on the midweek show regularly. And people may not know this about you, but you're a bit of a film critic, not that you would ever yeah. say it about yourself. More TV shows. I watch a lot of TV, too much TV shows, working from home, have a couple kids. So, yeah, we'll talk some TV. And, yeah, I'm just along for the ride. Excellent. A lot My of crazy players. Player, you know, hey, we got five people here for a podcast, so yeah. I mean, yeah. you're not going to make Dalton defend. Let's talk some football. Let's not going to make football. Dalton defend his indefensible opinions. Yeah, that's true. Well, later at a later date, Good. that will happen for sure. Harmon, new guy. Um, <laughs> you are. You've got thoughts. Birthday boy. Oh, I've got thoughts on a lot of things, and including all of you. I've been taking notes, and some of the people <laughs> behind producing. I've got a lot of thoughts on on a few of them. Um, but yeah, in addition to doing kind of the analysis thing here with the whole fantasy side, I'm also running our social media channels. So, and a big part of that is gonna be the segment at me. Uh, so one thing we're gonna do is we're gonna take the, uh, take the questions from the people, bring them right here to the podcast. And we've actually got a few of them today. First question comes in from Mason, at Mason W724. Not a, a prison number. Excellent, excellent. It might be. It could be. It could be. Do they have, they have <laughs> if, uh, Twitter in prison? If you get some off time in prison, you know, rec time, send us a fantasy question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if you're tired of spending time in a yard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on in. Send it. through HR, knowing all this stuff. I don't know. It's a tough thing to say. I was the only one in my meeting. Anyway, worst <laughs> spot to pick from in a 12-team league. In my opinion, mm. it's sixth. That's Mason's opinion, not Matt's opinion. Kind of have to take whoever falls to you uh, both turns. So group. What do we think? Uh, what's the worst spot to can pick? I, can I just say this is actually, like, we have some data on this. Um, and I've looked at, like, 10 years or so worth of data from Yahoo Fantasy Leagues, 12-team leagues. The, the worst spot historically, like, verifiably, is 12. You, really? you actually do not want to be. like that. Produces, Which is remarkable, considering I, usually lot, the back-to-back -back picks. A lot of folks are comfortable there. Yep. Maybe you like, like being the, at the turn. I like the turn. Um, it has produced the fewest league winners over the last decade or so. Um, you like the numbers would show that you want to be in the top six. You gotta look um, and six. number one is not necessarily the best. Um, I, I believe it's number four. Number five has produced the most league winners, but uh, one through six is. So I wonder if the feeling for number six then is just what you were talking about—the anticipation of having to wait instead of, oh my gosh, I know the people I want and here's my, my sheets and my Excel spreadsheets and so 12 is like I can just go two and then I get to wait again and see what's available. But probably in terms of value-based drafting, you're getting well, more value. Let's roll through what's the most realistic outcome from one through five. Now, it's going to vary by league scoring system, right? Because you got these wonky, like, two quarterback leagues, and somebody's going to be like, I got to get Aaron Rodgers at number one overall. Well, and Yahoo standard, we should remind everyone, is 0. 0.5 PPR. So yeah. using that as kind of the sticking point here, you know, it would be Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Zeke Elliott, David Johnson. Then you probably get either Alvin Kamara or Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. I actually like six a lot this year because I've been getting Saquon Barkley there consistently. And it really just kind of takes the thought out of everything for me because he's going to be a verifiable workhorse. I know people are concerned about the offensive line, but they've upgraded there with Will Hernandez in the draft, Nate Solder in uh, free agency. And then you got field stretchers there with Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, of course, Evan Ingram. And I think Eli's got a little something left in the tank. So. I like six, because I know I'm getting Saquon there more than likely. I was with you until Eli had something left in the tank. I well, don't Pat think... Well, Shermer's there now, and he's worked miracles before. I know you're sure. kidding. As long sure. as he's protected. Unless he's just absolutely done, that might be too good of a situation to fail. Yeah, like but there's a chance. 15% he's just washed. Yeah. My, my favorite right. spot to pick in is three and four. 
uh, because I normally like to get David Johnson there. And then when you come around on that 2-3 turn, this year I really feel like the top two rounds are so stacked that guys like A.J. Green are lasting towards that 2-3 turn. If you can pair a David Johnson with an A.J. Green there and then whatever you're coming back with on the three turn, I love that as a start. So that's my th – again, the question was worst spot to pick, but – we well, we know the data. Favorites, the so. data is 12. Yeah. In a 12. Well, I, you I, cannot I, dispute the facts. I think the biggest question you have to ask yourself is who has the most risk that's largely going in round one? Is it Kareem Hunt? Because you're getting him around probably, what, eight on average? Yeah. I, I was just actually up in a, in a league today and was faced with Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette at that eighth pick. And I went with Melvin Gordon, the most boring, Bravo. but probably the safest of them. Oh, but his yards per carry, he's not efficient. <laughs> All that matters no. is, the, is those, the, he, he, as inefficient like as he that, is. I like that, actually. I like yeah. that voice a lot. This, see, this, this is Liz, the voiceover actress for this coming out. Legitimate voiceover actress, and that wow. was well done. All right, so let's move on to the next question. It's from Liam Anderson at Liam Axel, do you need to prepare a round-by-round -round position target or just go with the flow in the draft? Dalton, I'm going to have you kick things off since you were pretty quiet that last round. Yeah, I pretty much just go with the flow. I mean, I, I go with my own rankings, uh, best player available early on, but I'm attacking running backs and wide receivers early. It's very obvious. I mean, just wait on quarterback at this point is just, it's so boring and so obvious that it's just, uh, it's, it's beyond repetitive. But me personally, I want to be uh, an early, early pick this year. And I, I want a top seven pick, actually. I don't care what the historical data said, what, what Andy said. This year, every year is obviously different. I have a clear tier one of running backs, and I want one of those seven running backs. And Kareem Hunt, to me, is one of those. So, and I'm sure that Antonio Brown's going to go in most leagues. So I want one of those seven or eight picks, and to me it's important. If I'm in an auction, I was in one with you guys, and I spent big yep. on, on Gurley and, um, and, and uh, Kamara. That's both why you were so very I'm, quiet for much of the draft. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm going big on those running backs. I think it's huge to be, to be early in your draft this year. I, I think one of the cardinal mistakes that people make when they go to a fantasy draft is they overcomplicate things. When I go to a draft, I have my laptop just to keep up on the latest news and notes or maybe reference. You don't even a have a laptop AP. now. I don't have a laptop now. <laughs> You're so really I'm, shooting from the hip. Yeah, I'm shooting from the hip. I like to go in with a single sheet of paper with my ranks position by position. One name, a first name. That's it. <laughs> That's it. No team affiliation, nothing. Derek. Now, That's all it says. I, but there are a lot of people that go in there like, well, this is exactly what I'm going to do. I, I, I've got this scenario uh, you know, played out in my head. This is exactly how it's going to go. Don't do that. Follow exactly what Dalton said. That is the crux of value-based drafting. Right? Just, to, just wait to, for the players to fall. Yeah, just to underscore that, I would, I would certainly never hamstring myself by saying I must get this position in this round because I just feel like the draft is about acquiring all the talent that you can't like. I take it to the extent of not even like I don't look at bye weeks during my draft because I just want to get all of the talent that I can get. So I would never say, oh, gosh, it's round five. I love this guy, but I got to take a tight end. What about yeah, position what runs? Um, what do you guys do? Let's say a lot of quarterbacks are starting to fall off the board. Maybe you've raised a couple of tiers on your cheat sheet. I feel like quarterback is still one if there's a positional run on. I mean, if everybody's zigging, then there's an opportunity to zag, zag. elsewhere. Exactly. And so yep. there's a greater value at wide receiver or running back. running back if yep. everybody else is running towards the quarterback position. Yeah, the problem is when you jump in at the end of those runs and you try to get in on it, then the next time there's a run, like you're saying, you might then be behind the eight ball again. And I don't sure. want to be chasing a run twice. I do love the tiers. I mean, I'm putting out my tiers right now on Yahoo, and I think it's a really great way to keep up with things like you're saying when a position is going hot and heavy. I think another thing that I go into drafts remembering is that 
this doesn't end at the draft for most people. You know, you build <laughs> exactly. the team, you tweet exactly. out the screenshot, and everybody's like, oh, sick <laughs> roster. Everybody likes your tweet. Yeah, who gives you a D minus? Yeah, well, hey, I write, I write all those personally. Do oh, you do? Oh, that's you know? oh, wow. That's an upgrade. No, 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 no. It's not a, that's, not, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> please refer any questions and comments. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, I was, please, don't, please don't at me about that. But yeah, I think that what's, what's important about remembering with fantasy is that you know we've got to get these players that complement each other in terms of how they score fantasy points so if I've gotten a safer running back I'm willing to kind of go from the more swing at the fences you know with these receivers especially if I've got that slot guy who racks up a lot of receptions but not a lot of touchdowns and yards maybe I'll go for a Kenny Stills or a more big play guy with my next wide receiver pick so I'm not necessarily locking myself in round by round I got to get this position but I do keep in mind how is this team going to look on a week-to-week basis, not just at the end of the year? I, I feel like the important thing with position runs and tiers is that you just got to know, like, who, who do you have as, like, a Tier 2 or Tier 3 quarterback that nobody else does, right? Because then I'm kind of immune to it. Like, uh, you're probably going to end up with Marcus Mariota in a lot of drafts, right? Yeah. Like, you had him mm-hmm. really high in that right. third tier or something like that. Yeah. I'm totally on board with it. I, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. I'm on board with it. Um, but you just got to know that, like, somebody who comes in with a magazine or whatever does not have Marcus Mariota as a third-tier quarterback, and you're probably going to land that guy. And another and question I, I get w- regarding strategy, like, with buys and ignoring them, is people still ask me, do you worry about getting too many of the same players on the same team? like three Cowboys or something. And to me, I still completely ignore that. I never worry about putting no, too many eggs too. in one basket on one team. Do you guys care about that at all? Well, if it's a good offense, yeah, I don't it care. Depends on the team. Depends yeah. on the team. Because if you get those, you know, I mean, the Peyton Saints Manning. are one thing. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but I don't necessarily want, like, three Cowboys on right. the team. Or I'm going like to have or, a full or three team Bills. of Buffalo I mean, Bills. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> you guys have sold me. You, like, it's done. What you, you legitimately you ranking, you know, based on if you already had two Bills? Would you change your ranking based on that? Might be a tiebreaker between tiebreaker. like there two guys if I'm if I'm close on them. I bet, I you bet, don't believe in the magic of Josh Allen? I bet Brad drafts <laughs> at least one five Brown team. <laughs> I have a lot of uh, an absurd <laughs> amount, obscene amount of Cleveland Browns this year. All right, well, let's one last question um, because you know there were there was news that Doug Baldwin, who was someone that I think we were all pretty high on because of the exits mm-hmm. of. Uh, Jimmy Graham and Paul Richardson. He's been creeping up my rankings, but reports just came out saying that he entered camp kind of off. He's got this sore knee. They're hoping he'll be ready for week one. So the question from Jeffrey Barefoot at Jeff Bariff, he wants to know, do you factor injury history into your player rankings? And I think that that's adjacent to the Baldwin issue because here's a stud who's rarely missed a game, but is entering camp a vet, yes, but like a little under the weather. Well, well, Baldwin is a unique example because he has been relatively durable here the last couple sure. of years. So, but right now, I mean, we're all skittish, you know, because you're right. He's going to miss the entire preseason. A few weeks is exactly what Pete Carroll said. And the other thing you do worry about with uh, Seattle is just, I think this franchise is going to snowball in a negative way. This team is set up to win maybe five games. Mm. Um, now, I will say this. If Baldwin can get healthy, the one thing that has uh, things kind of breaking his way is that the defense, I think, is going to be historically atrocious for the Seattle Seahawks uh, because of the exodus of talent they've lost there. There's going to be a lot of negative game scripts, which could lead to some shootout opportunities in the second half. But Baldwin, kind of like a T.Y. Hilton, kind of like a Marvin Jones, was a guy that saw right around 21, 22% of the target share and maximized those opportunities last season. Uh, you know, you got to have a lot of pause given the current injury. But if you spin it now to preconceived notions, like a guy like Gronk, right? right. Like Gronk has played uh, two full seasons in his NFL career. I think it was his first two, if I'm not mistaken. 
And you know that if you're going to invest a second round pick, and I would never do that with a tight end, ever. That's just my personal philosophy. Uh, unless the scoring is skewed like Scott Fishbowl, where it's like 1.5 right. points yeah. per reception for a tight end, which is just silly sauce. Brad, Brad's on like his eighth tangent here. Is I, it all I, one? I, I, but, but what I'm saying <laughs> is, is that we all have these preconceived notions about guys that are historically fragile. And it's hard to get over your own individual biases in fantasy. Well, isn't the truth is you're going to get burned sometimes, and sometimes you're not. Deion Lewis is a guy who two years ago in our Stopa Keenan auction Allen. draft, I paid up the no through the nose for because I was, like, yep. watching the tape thinking, well, he can do it all. He promptly got hurt, right? Like, But then last year, he didn't get hurt. Well, so, Ke like, Keenan I saw Allen the talent. I made the investment. Yep. Things didn't break my way. What are you going to do? A couple of years ago, Tyler Eifert, coming off of however many injuries, managed to stay healthy and was the team's biggest red zone weapon. You know, I feel like if the value is there, then you need to maybe adjust. Like, I'm not going to spend as much on a guy who's got a durability risk, but if he's cheap, I'm not going to let recency bias completely wipe away a potential value. Matt? Yeah, it's it's if that injury risk is already priced into yes. into the player. Yeah. With Jordan Reed as a great example this year. Yeah. In previous years, you were paying, you know, a fourth-round pick for Jordan Reed or something like that, and you're you're taking on all the risk. Now he's going in, like, that tenth round where you're starting to throw darts anyways. You might as well throw one at a guy who's historically efficient, scoring touchdowns, scoring fantasy points at the tight end position, and just take that risk there because you're not really wagering all that much. He's, he's a guy you might cut anyways. So it just depends on if the, if the player's priced in or not. The historical injury has to be taken into account, but to me, it's if you're injured now. That matters yeah. more to yeah. me. I mean, I For love sure. Doug, Doug Baldwin and his situation. I had him high. I think I had him above Evans and A.J. Green. Now I don't even have my top 15 wide receivers. I want no part of him. He's injured now. Right. One, one so of the to things me, Scott Pianowski isn't with us today, but he would, if he were, he would say um, there's no need, especially on draft day, don't run to trouble. Perfect. And that is totally. a wonderful segue because since Scott isn't here, we did have him voice some of his draft knowledge, and he's going to tell us some mistakes players make in drafts. Hi, this is Scott Pianowski of Yahoo Sports, and today we're going to talk about three common draft mistakes that people make. I'm going to break them down into a... Uh, beginner, intermediate, and expert level. Uh, we all make mistakes. We all have leaks in our game. We all have places uh, we can improve. And hopefully if you get these leaks out of your game, you'll have a better and more profitable fantasy season on Yahoo in 2018. Uh, the first mistake I see at the uh, introductory level is recency bias, is falling in love with what we just saw. You know, thinking that the stats that put up in 2017 are absolutely what we should pay for in 2018. This is also a leak that shows up in season where it's easy to get maybe bamboozled by what just happened in the previous week and you don't do your diligence with a player. So um, as Wayne Gretzky, the great NHL great, would say, we need to go where the puck is headed, not where the puck has been. Make sure recency bias isn't a trap that you're falling into. Intermediate mistake that I see is players coming to a draft with too many materials. This is going to happen in your offline drafts where somebody's got their computer and a magazine and a book and a, a cheat sheet and maybe some scratch paper. They have all these materials and they're not sure what to do because they're scrambling and haystacking when it gets to those middle and late rounds. Look, bring one set of materials. Bring one good list you like. Maybe one thing you can look up information on a player if you need it, but don't have the paralysis by analysis. You should really study and do your work before the draft and then be free to make good decisions during your draft. 
The uh, expert level, the 401 level mistake that I see people make, and I'm always talking about this on Twitter as well, injury optimism. When they say somebody's out four to six weeks, you should focus on the six. When you see somebody out all of training camp, you should say to yourself, I'm not drafting this guy unless I get a major discount. It's still fun to do this. It's still fun to be a pessimist or a downer. I understand it. We're just humanly wired to want to believe the good in things, to want to believe the upside of players. But trust me, if you get this leak out of your game, if you start being more, I don't know, Bill Belichick-like, more cold-hearted with these injury returns, I'm telling you, you'll be a fantasy player. You'll improve that EV. So there are three things. I want you to patch those leaks out of your game, and uh, let's have a great season at Yahoo Sports in 2018. Oh yeah, football is back. It's time to draft your Yahoo Fantasy football team. There's no better day than National Draft Day on August 26th to get the league together. Sign up now and get your draft on at yahoo.com slash fantasy football. Let's give out some more advice because it's kind of our job. But sometimes <laughs> we have to admit when it's difficult for us to give out advice and that comes into play when you're trying to rank a player and there are always players I want to start with the running back position and then as the draft season builds up and we do more shows we can move to other positions but who has been Andy the running back that's been the most difficult for you to rank yeah I, I guess it would I would say that it, it's a whole team right like the Seattle running backs for me have been very difficult um I like Chris Carson. Like, I liked Chris Carson coming into the season, coming into the draft before they made the move with Penny. Uh, obviously, if you use a first-round pick on a running back, you intend to play the running back. It's, it's a weird choice for a lot of reasons. And they traded up for him. And they traded up for him. Um, I, don't, I didn't love Penny the way Brad did coming into the draft, right? Like, he's just a hard player to <laughs> evaluate because of, you know, he's a, he's a Mountain West running back who's coming from a system that just runs the ball all the time. They had produced a 2,000-yard rusher the year before Rashad Penny, and then he did the same thing, right? So there's a system aspect to it. We assumed he was going to be the guy as soon as he was drafted in the first round. Now there's all this Chris Carson buzz, and the buzz is totally justifiable. He ran really well last year. Um, I, I think that they're actually really... I think Pete Carroll actually really does like Chris Carson. I don't think that's just camp noise I think that's a real thing Penny's a dynamic player I, I've got him with like a placeholder rank basically right now of 26 and this is a case where I care a lot about what the preseason would he have like. Carson uh, I don't have him at 20 I, I've got Penny higher like I feel I feel weird about it but I've, I've got Carson creeping up every time I look at my running back ranks I drag him up a little higher he's so pretty, like low 30s probably yeah, for Chris yeah, Carson he's like in the mid 30s right okay. now I think the thing about Rashad Penny too that nobody else is mentioning is the fact that what was the most glaring part of his game that was an issue? And it was pass protection. Mm -hmm. And that is, yes, something that rookie running backs always struggle with, but also particularly important when your quarterback was sacked 43 right, times right. last year. But you know what the reports are that Penny is well, excelled in that area. Well, give me a report area. that Pete Carroll isn't selling Every, rainbows yeah, but, sunshine. He, yeah, he is exactly. It's yeah. puppy dogs and ice cream. But but Penny has shown improvement <laughs> in that category. And I understand Barron's point, but I don't think he's a Donald Pumphrey or he's not a Ronnie Hillman. Guys that were products of San Diego sure. State that put up big numbers. So did Marshall Falk back in the day. But I'm not saying that Falk is Penny. But, uh, or Penny is Falk, but the thing is about Rashad Penny, he was number one in the country in elusive rating, number one in yards after contact per attempt, according to Pro Football Focus. This is a guy that was able to create yardage on his own. Whether or not the offensive line was elite. I mean, it's a Mountain West schedule, right? Like, well, you would Jay hope Jai that you would get a lot of yards. Well, Jay Jai came from a Mountain West school. Doug Martin came from a Mountain right. West school. Well, but what was the 
reason that Jay Ajayi burned literally both of us because he didn't get the touches. I have not because recovered, Liz. Thank you for the reminder. <laughs> Do you know what my my spin on the whole Seattle running back situation is? Is I'm just not going to take either one of these Amen. guys. Because even if one of them does emerge, say Carson keeps up this momentum, has a starting job, or Penny rightfully takes the throne as he seems to be the heir to, to be as the first-round pick, I don't think any of these guys are going to be playing in a good offense. Seattle right. last year, with Russell Wilson as the quarterback, had the lowest drive success rate. That's the amount of drives that they literally scored a field goal or a touchdown on. They were last among quarterbacks that took more than 50 drives. So, uh, to me, I don't think this offense has gotten better. They've lost pieces like Paul Richardson and Jimmy mm -hmm. Graham. The offensive line might be slightly better if Mike that. Mike Solari. Yeah, right. DJ Fluker, though, was an upgrade. And Brian Schottenheimer. Well, yeah. I mean, Brian Schottenheimer. Give, <laughs> give me a break with that. Like, that's the biggest joke of the offseason. So I don't want either one of these guys on my team. I don't care who ends up being the starter. So I'm just kind of letting other people figure so that out. I think the, big, the biggest question here is at what point does Rashad Penny fall far enough where he becomes a fantasy value? Because I believe that you know, again, just through draft economics, as Barron's mentioned, you trade up in a round one, he's going to be the guy eventually, as good as Chris so Carson eventually, was. eventually, but Scott Pienowski would say that you want to win now. Mm -hmm. That team ain't winning five games. But is, forget it, but is Rashad Penny winning you your league in the first four weeks of your He league? may not, but that's, that brings me back so to that question. So you're going to stash him and use that roster spot until when? When, did, when does he become a value then, in your estimation? Because his ADP is right now in the 40s. When does he become a value? He's RB20 right now in half-point PPR. Yeah, that's, a, that's crazy like, to me. That's, that's, a, that's a little pricey. A little. I, I wouldn't say a lot. I would say a little pricey. I am pricey. not taking him until he's out of the top 30. Yeah, I feel like as a practical oh, wow. matter, I'm just never going to get him because somebody somebody is always going to like yes. him in the 40s. I totally share your concerns about the Seahawks offense. I mean, Schottenheimer was running one of the slowest-paced offenses. Do you know that Russell right. Wilson got 6.7 YPA in the second half last year? Mm. I mean, I know everyone says that a, a worse defense is helping his fantasy team, but at some point, a bad supporting cast isn't great. You know, at some <laughs> point. I mean, they lost Jimmy Graham. I know. I mean, he still was good in the in the red zone, at least. And, um, I mean, if, if Baldwin's hurt, that whole, yeah, off, that whole team is, could be a real yeah. trouble. Your guy, Tyler Lockyer. Brandon Marshall is like their, their wide receiver, too, right now. I know. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Dalton, who's the toughest player for you to rank right now? Well, Christian McCaffrey, I mean, you have to rank him fairly high just based on volume. I mean, listen to Norv Turner saying he's going to get him 25 to 30 touches a week. But <sighs> if you looked at his splits with Greg Olson on and off the field last year, bit pretty drastic. And now they have DJ Moore. I just feel like I have to rank him kind of top 15 because of volume, but he's not going to end up on any of my teams. I mean, where do you guys have him? Uh, I've got him pretty far down. Well, what's, what's pretty far down? Now, in a half-point PPR, because he's going to catch 70 to 75 balls. But, right. Mm -hmm. But the bigger question here is we had 112, 115 total carries last year. The coaching staff has said, we're going to get him 200-plus carries. Hogwash, poppycock. That is a... Lang language? That <laughs> is a podcast. <laughs> Do we have an explicit regular? That is a brachiosaurus side of, uh, side of BS is what that is. Um... You know, I, I just do not buy that McCaffrey is going to get anything close to even 175, maybe not even 150. You brought C.J. Anderson C. in for Anderson. a reason. And the one thing we can't forget about McCaffrey is he was terribly inefficient in multiple areas. He was RB52 in yards created per carry. He would go down when somebody would sneeze around him. He's, uh, yeah. But I think also, also we're talking about price, right? Because he was the RB11 yeah. overall last year, and right now he's going at about that spot. So the question you have to ask yourself is, do you want to pay peak value for a player? Oh. And are you betting on the fact that he is going to improve on last year's stats? 
I don't think so. So there, yeah. the return on investment for me is so slim there. I, I do think, to Dalton's point, that you almost have to view his reception total last year as like a ceiling this year because mm -hmm. there right. are better options, right? Like, DJ Moore's really good. Greg Olson is back. Those, guy, those guys are healthy. Bunches is no slouch. They're, yeah. He's kind of a slouch, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he's credible. Yeah. He's like a tween level sl right. slouch. Yeah. So, we have the league's best goal line runner possibly playing quarterback, too. I mean, that yeah, that's, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, that's so, so as some people know, I'm in a long-term complicated relationship with the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> uh, and I look at the team this way. It's like this might easily be the best collection of skill position talent around mm. Cam Newton in the era that he's been the starting quarterback. But I don't want to draft any of these players at cost because I think Christian McCaffrey could get over 100 targets. I think DJ Moore could get over 100 targets. I think Devin Funches could get over 100 targets. Curtis. I think Greg Olson could get over 100 targets. Yeah, Curtis Samuel's back in the mix. Torrey Smith is in the mix. All these guys have a pretty good shot at volume, so I don't see any of them... Moore is cheap enough that I'm okay taking a flyer on him, but all these high-priced guys, I don't want to take at cost, but it does lead me back to Cam Newton, who I have as a Tier 1 quarterback, and I do think that he could be worth taking a shot on if he falls he's in that 7. Yeah, yeah, he's cheap. Cam was last year's number 2 fantasy quarterback. Got, right, Carson right. Wentz is going ahead of Cam Newton yeah, a lot, which is yeah. bananas. I, I like around. Cam Newton better than Deshaun Watson this year. I mean, Preach. so I, I think he's a clear Tier 1 quarterback, <laughs> and it brings, just again, I don't want to draft any of those players, but I do want kind of the, the mix there, which is so Cameron. who is the person that you're having trouble draft uh, ranking? It's Jamal Williams for me. And I love it's, this. it's actually not because I'm skeptical. I'm kind of in on the guy. You know, I tweeted this out the other day that, again, social media here. Uh, I, I tweeted this out the other day that he was one of the players that after doing projections, I ended up a lot higher on because I didn't think I was going to be interested in him. But when I went back and looked at it, he's a guy that the Green Bay coaching staff last year, whether by necessity or by design, uh, did trust with a lot of volume. There were several games where he cleared 20 touches. Again, Aaron Jones had gotten hurt. Ty Montgomery had gotten hurt. But I think when you – I know his yards per carry is low, but when you look at the success rates on some of his runs, he was a guy who was getting positive yardage and keeping the offensive moving. And I think that stuff is like catnip for coaches, you know, someone that you can trust. Unless it's John Gruden because he uh, doesn't yeah. look at numbers. Oh, that's rough. But, yeah, I, I do think that as long as you're playing in the 2000s here, uh, <laughs> that I think that – those type of running backs really are valued by NFL coaching staffs more than they are by fantasy players or whatever. And I look at Williams as a guy who gets a two-game head start over Aaron Jones, who may or may not be the better talent. It just doesn't really matter if he's going to end up with that, that volume. And it's two tough matchups against the Bears and the Vikings. But I look at him as like a sixth, seventh-round pick that you're getting a shot on an Aaron Rodgers feature back. And I'm having a tough time not boosting that guy up. Yeah, I think I, you're, think I love that everyone's in on Aaron Jones, and for a long time I was too, but I have to give a shout-out to my girl, Katie Flower, who's at FF underscore Skyler 399. I spoke to her and met her at the National Fantasy Football Convention that uh, Brad and I both attended in Dallas, and she had actually scouted um, Jamal Williams at the Senior Bowl and really liked him. And, you know, whatever happened, happened. But then this year, he was also at the NFFC, and he's put on 13 pounds. He's up to 225, which means his tackle-breaking ability, and he's bigger than Jones, might have been beefed up. And so I love And he that needs to improve in that area, because that's where yeah. he struggles. Right. And so if he has done that, and Katie came over to me, and she was like, I just talked to Jamal, and he looks like the guy. And, you know, I, I admittedly had been in on Aaron Jones. So I think that's definitely a battle to watch, especially with Jones missing time early. Mm -hmm.
Well, yeah, and he's hurt. He's another one that's hurt, hurt right now, now yeah. too. Yeah. Yes, know? yeah, and he's missed valuable time here in training camp. But I think Jones is a superior option uh, because of the early season matchups. That's mm -hmm. the detriment to Jamal Williams. Now, the, the one benefit that all these running backs have is the fact that Rodgers is back, and the light front percentage you're going to see is going to be astronomical. Mm -hmm. So you're going to see some exploitable fronts. Can they take advantage? That's the biggest key. I think Aaron Jones, I said this before the draft last year. I said it after the Packers drafted both those guys. I said Jones is the better talent, even though he went later than Williams. I thought Williams was more pedestrian out of BYU, though he had some decent break tackle ability, uh, you know, for the Cougars. But the other running back we're forgetting, we're, you know, we're missed for mentioning is Ty Montgomery. Well, that's right. the best who is going, yeah. yeah, who is going, you know, 40, 50 picks later in some cases, who had... I mean, he, he was looking like the guy before he had the ribbon. He never injury. looked like the guy. He is going to be Randall Cobb when Randall Cobb gets his foot back in a boot. But it's going to be. <laughs> not, don't put that out in the universe about Randall Cobb. We're all sitting on glass on that one. But I just don't. I can't see paying a premium for Jamal Williams at a similar price point. I can get a Rex Burkhead, yeah. for example, knowing that this is going to be a full-blown RBBC. Yeah, part of the argument for Ty Montgomery, I think, is also that Aaron Rodgers is just going to get the running back that he wants. Whoever Aaron Rodgers decides needs mm. to be in that, that backfield is, is the guy who's yeah. going to play, and I don't know that that's necessarily I'm on Green's coming out of retirement. <laughs> well, Williams graded way higher in pass protection, for sure. But, I mean, Aaron Jones, uh, yards per carry is a is a noisy stat, but 5.5 yeah. versus 3.6. Hard to ignore. Pretty crazy. And good yak numbers. That's the other yeah. key here is the yards after contact. And Aaron Jones is rock solid in that category. Brad, I'm staring at you because I am so taken by your beautiful mind. <laughs> you sure it's not wow. the, the suntan from the glasses that, has never been said that I had on while yeah, I was Yeah, Brad away? does have a wicked, like, sunglasses also, uh, tan line. When you, um, when you hulk out, it makes me feel things. <laughs> and... Those are both movies that Jennifer Connelly starred in. Oh, yes. You know that? Yes. I, in fact, I know movie. you know that because Jennifer Connelly is your prima that's my That's my go-to. That was an amazing segue, by I'm the way. I'm a professional. The House of Sand and Fog <laughs> changed my life. So since Jennifer Connelly is your celebrity crush, who's your fantasy crush this year? Oh, there's a line. <laughs> um, I, I will be releasing the all-man crush team, but I, for me, honestly, it's Josh Gordon. Uh, because I don't think Josh Gordon is missing a single second of action uh, to begin the season. Now, I may at some point later this year because, you know, he's got demons in his past. We hope he stays in the straight and narrow. This could be the, a comeback story for a Disney movie for the ages for him. But I, I think this dodge that we've seen from him has everything to do with hard knocks. I'm wholeheartedly buying into that theory. He's been working his tail off in Florida. Uh, he had his first complete offseason since uh, right before his 2013 breakout. So in between the 2012 and 2013 campaign, he's still young enough. He's growing abdominal muscles that I didn't know existed. Um, and this is a guy that had the second highest ADOT, average depth of target of any wide receiver in the league last year. Uh, he was top 13 in yards per route, and he used the guy to my left here, the reception perception, Mr. Harmon's numbers that he tracks, uh, Gordon was one of seven guys that ranked inside the top 13 in success rate against man and press coverage. The dude is special, mm. and he actually has competent quarterbacks now. It's going to be a top 12 season for Gordon, and I'm telling you, he's going to be out there week one. Boom. There you go. I think I'm, I'm happy with all that. I don't think anyone disagrees. No. no. I, I mean, it's I a, it's it a risk. It is a risk. But the great news is take advantage of the meek. Take advantage of the people that are buying into the theory that he's fallen off How the way. How far did you lower him? 
I didn't. You didn't, period. Hey, he's oh, wide I receiver like 11. Oh, I, Before, he's wide receiver 11 now. I like it. Um, do you feel like he's well paired with Tyrod? I do, because if you go back to the 2015 campaign when Tyrod Taylor had a healthy who? Sammy Watkins. Mm -hmm. Another blazer, outside the numbers type of guy. Tyrod had the second highest passer rating of any quarterback in the league that uh, on passes beyond 20 yards. Tyrod can flick it. Yeah. And don't let 2017 Buffalo Bills and the menagerie of crap that they had at wide receiver fool you. When he has competent weapons around him, he can be a productive quarterback. And Tyrod is also probably more motivated to flick it with the Baker Mayfield bandwagon. And, and I got a feeling goes. Baker starts week one. Well, that's bananas. But I don't want to hear any more from you because Dalton has. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be my mic drop. <laughs> I, Dalton, I don't think I know your celebrity crush. You're not as, um, yeah. you know, you're much more of a gentleman. I was thinking about, about this before things. for this segment, and I think uh, I came up with Margot Robbie. She's a celebrity crush of mine. She's uh, not unattractive, but um, I'd you're say saying she, this with a furrowed brow, well, like she, pale, oh, God, she pales Margot in comparison. Robbie. To Jimmy G. I mean, he's, come That's on. That's Obviously, come on. I'm a nine That's year guy. Wow. Well, I'm sorry. He's, 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 he's number 10 because he's a perfect 10. I mean, come on. Jimmy GQ, come on. He's he's my guy. I'm sorry. I, uh, that's, you that's, stole my mic. I'm not even, and I'm not just, as I said, don't draft fantasy quarterbacks, but still, I'm sorry. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's my guy. Where do you have him ranked? Uh, sixth. sixth. Okay, wow. that's awesome. I have him I have him similarly ranked. I'm not you know why I like him the most? Yeah, yeah. What? Because... When you look at Matt Ryan's 2015 season with Kyle Shanahan, That's he was a disaster, yeah. right? 2016 with a full offseason able to digest the Shanahan playbook that is like as thick as a Cheesecake Factory menu. Then he went off. He, went, he was one money, MVP. right? He finally well, he wasn't. He, was not, yeah. he wasn't a floor play for once, right? Jimmy G in a month was able to rip off five wins. It, it was one absolutely in ten. Yeah, one in ten before. Yeah, but Matt he, Ryan, that one season, Matt Ryan, that MVP season, the year two in the Shannon system, sticks out like a sore thumb. Absolutely. So what Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo, who is a superior talent, is able to do in oh. that limited amount of time. I mean, last year he completed 52.2% of pressured attempts, which was number one, while also managing 21 red zone scoring drives. It is But incredible. very inefficient on those red zone opportunities. Well, he had 11 money Jimmy throws FG. in five starts compared to Tom Brady's 13 in 16 starts, you guys and he are, did that you guys are overpaying. with let me, subpar <laughs> weapons. I want to jump let me, let me ask you this question. Because here's the, the part I've struggled with with Jimmy Garoppolo that high. I love Garoppolo. I, I have a little, like, weirdly obsessed with Kyle Shanahan's offense. Sure. I'm just going to say that. I think it's awesome. But my question is, if Garoppolo's going to pay that price off, which one of his pass catchers is going to vastly outkick ADP? We're just McKinnon. wandering right into my crush, by the way, which was yeah. obviously going to be George Kittle. Uh, well, wait, you don't get out of, like, saying your celebrity crush. You Kyle, no, 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 no. You'll, you'll get oh, there. It's fine. Yeah. Channing Tatum. Big surprise. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can I take his ex-wife? Oh, well, mine is Tatum Bell. Uh, by the way. Perfect. <laughs> Tatum Bell? Wow. I, you celebity. Oh, right. Celebrity. I always pegged you as a Ruben Drills guy, but, you know. <laughs> But also, wait, you're right, Channing Tatum is separated. So, Channing, hit me up. I'm married, but we should work something <laughs> you out. Could, yeah, you, could, you could at least try, Channing. Yeah. Yeah. So, with, with Garoppolo, all the Garoppolo, ugh, Garoppolo, all he really no, needs to so, do. Um, it's you, so much, it gets you all talking. Exactly. You give us 4,000 yards and 26 touchdowns, and you're probably a top 10, top 12-ish quarterback. That's all you need to do. So, 26 touchdowns out of this receiving core is not impossible mm -hmm. right um george kittle actually again i'm going right into my 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 real life uh fantasy crush 
Um, Kittle last year, 16 red zone targets. Um, didn't Obviously didn't convert very many of them, but among all rookies, he, he led in red zone targets. Um, he's going to be good. He's a really good play. He's a really good player at Iowa, who had some trouble staying healthy and staying on the field sometimes. But uh, you know, they didn't do a whole lot to their receiving core. He obviously Garoppolo obviously has a rapport built in already with Goodwin. Um, Garcon's a pro. He's going to be good. Like all these guys are going to outperform their ADP, and, and I see Kittle as a pretty easy top ten tight end. And he's going what tight end twelve right now, thirteen right around 12, there. Twelve, thirteen. Yeah. yeah. When they played together, him and Kittle, Jimmy G played together, his yards per out run was, would have been number one among all tight ends last year. He, last five games during the Garoppolo experience, he was a, he was a top ten tight end last year. So we all agree Jimmy G and the Niners are going to go to the Super Bowl? Is that what we've, we've all, <laughs> we've all concluded? Not getting past my Rams defense, did, you, did you put a little wager down while you're in Vegas on that, Dalton? Yeah, yeah. No. No, I'm waiting for the odds to, to change a little. <laughs> hey, Matt, you're a young guy, social media, all these things. You're a millennial. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they watch a lot of... They don't actually watch any TV. You stream yeah, a lot yeah, of stream stuff. Everything. You stream everything. So what? Unpo cable cut, cut the, cut cord, cord cutters cord. is what it's called. There you go. Um, so what is a show that everyone is streaming, but like you just cannot, you don't get it. I struggle to find a current show because as a millennial and as a streamer, <laughs> I'm watching everything. I'm um, not necessarily liking everything, but I'm definitely watching it. You know, I, I, I don't want to discriminate too much here. But an older show that I've never been able to get on board with is Friends. I actually think Friends is just a straight bad show. So that's my take. So then that. who's a fantasy player that you think is just a straight bad fantasy player and you have zero interest in? Uh, I think for me, there's a couple of guys. Like I said, th those early rounds are so stacked that a guy I've really struggled with is Juju Smith-Schuster up there. You know, Liz, mm. you and I talked about this when we did our Fearless Forecast uh, the other day at the Playa Vista studio. And the reason I struggle with him is not because I think he's a bad player. I actually think he's so perfectly suited to the role that he's in in the Steelers' offense. But when, when I project their offense out, I really struggle to get him more than 80, 90 targets. And that's going to be a chore to pay back you know, a wide receiver 17 price tag uh, with, with that amount of volume. I know he was super efficient, high yards per target, high passer rating when targeted, great catch rate, but those things tend to fluctuate from year to year, and volume is the thing that sticks. And in an offense that has a guy in Antonio Brown who's going to push to lead the league in targets, they have a running back who usually gets over 100 looks himself. And I really like James Washington as like too. a deep threat type. Yep. I don't know that Juju Smith-Schuster is going to get the volume he needs to pay back that ADP. He's a guy just ha I've never taken him at cost, haven't really considered it where he goes. On a, on a related topic, you were talking about sort of the incongruity between where Garoppolo is drafted and what, what we expect from any of his receivers. Um, Antonio Brown, the number one receiver in fantasy. Le'Veon Bell, like the number one or two running back based largely on his projected receiving total. Washington, Smith-Schuster. Um, ben Roethlisberger is the QB 15. Yeah. Like, if yeah. we think all of these things are going to happen for the receivers, B Ben Roethlisberger. It's like to change the subject, though, Andy, but you could say the same thing about your boy Eli. Eli Manning, it's <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. Well, I don't like him, but I rank him as right. a top 16 quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. Math. Math, baby. Hey, <laughs> fantasy, fantasy is all about the math. It is. Sorry, There's sorry, guys. Brad, what show, what show and fantasy player are you fading? Uh, I've never seen Game of Thrones, oh, which so would be like right up my alley because it's all got about you know graphic nudity and blood. Oh, yeah, yeah. So graphic nudity, I like Where's that. Tank? I that's tank kind of what I, you know, I'm into. So that, really, so. it's too much like your life. It, 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 yeah. it's, it parallels it perfectly, <laughs> and that's why I've steered away because I just want to skate. That's if, what I wanted to right, do. Brad has, has, has slaughtered a lot of people to get to this chair. <laughs> 
And as somebody that had a minor in medieval history, you know, again, it would kind of play up to my level of... You would actually be surprised how often he walks down that hallway and we all yell shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> When I wear a kilt, I go all in on character. So, but the thing is, uh, you know, for me, the, the player that I'm fading is, is T.Y. Hilton. Um, you know, he's going wide receiver 13 MC consistently. There's still some questions, though. There are some encouraging signs with Andrew Luck. He's looked good so far in training camp. The accuracy seems to be back. He's actually throwing real footballs, which is amazing. But what I don't like are the undulations in T.Y. Hilton's game-by-game -game profile, much like a Brandon mm. Cooks. What a word. Right? And he's, he's a guy that, if you look over the last three years, he has averaged outside a top 30 performance and a half-point PPR, 7.7 games per season. That's basically, you know, a little bit shy of half your fantasy. It's actually more than, uh, one more than your full regular season in most leagues. So, for me, there's just too many peaks, too many valleys. Uh, I want consistency. And if I can get a Larry Fitzgerald at a similar cost, that's the direction I'm going every single time. Mm. I am surprised that the Colts offense isn't being targeted more by fantasy footballers. I mean, like, Ryan Grant is basically free. What about Deion Kane? That's the thing, like, who are you gonna target? That's that's why I kind of have warmed up to T.Y. Hilton lately is because I think he's gonna get a rather large target share there because Grant is unproven, kind of. I mean, we kind of know who he is, but he's just a guy. Jack uh, Doyle, you don't- Chester Rogers, I like Jack Doyle. I mean, Eric it's so, Eagle? I was gonna say, it's so it's so desperate there in Indy for provable targets that I wrote up freaking Eric Ebron as the sleeper tight end. Sure. Wow. That's, and it felt weird wow. to say, and no. wrong, but there's no. just Did you shower so, afterwards? Several times. <laughs> uh, but I, I just couldn't get any, I gotta get somebody the football there. And Eric well, that's Ebron. what the preseason is for. I mean, that's, that's a, an offense we're gonna have to track. Those are preseason games and preseason touches yeah. that we're gonna have to see who emerges in. But that is gonna be an offense if Andrew Luck is yeah. throwing the Duke that we should be on top of. They're, and they're I don't want to go full Ebron truther here, because <laughs> I'm not an Ebron truther. But the don't Eagles threw out of That's their two tight end set last year 57% of the time. That was mm -hmm. one of the highest, top three highest among all NFL teams last year. And Eric yeah, Ebron Trey and Jack. hands and Zach Ertz's hands are made out of muscle and ligaments uh, yes, and not frying pans. You're right, you're right. While that is all factually true, <laughs> He's going to get his shots. And the tight end position is just disgusting anyways. Once you get past, like, those the fifth, sixth guy and you, you don't get Kittle, <laughs> you might as well just give up and take Ebron. Andrew right. McDonald's not bad either. Um, Jared Cook Andy, you were going to say something. O.J. Howard? You know, I was going to mention the Colts offense being um, one of those where, like, preseason is going to matter. We often say mm -hmm. uh, preseason doesn't mean a whole lot for a whole bunch of teams. We got new everything in Indy, right? Like the quarterback hasn't been there for a year and a half. We got a new coaching staff. We got a lot of new pieces. So the preseason is actually going to show us something. And we should keep an eye on it. Well, that will do it for the maiden voyage of the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast. We will be back next week with loads more advice and entertainment. So go ahead and subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to tweet us at Yahoo Fantasy. And if you haven't already, sign up for the game. Go to yahoo.com slash fantasy football. Guys, want to say goodbye? Bye. 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 Okay, bye. See ya. Later. So extra, always.